0: So how's work been this week, David?
1: Um, it was easy, just by myself working, uh, doing trims back at Riverwalk while the crew was up at uh, Bear Lake. Um, it was really cold this week, for sure, with the snow mm. and everything that we got. Yeah. But uh, it was nice that we got the snow. But I think it's going to start warming up. Today's been rainy for some reason. I wasn't yeah. expecting it to be a little dark day today but
0: Yeah. Yeah, that snowstorm definitely hit hard over here. Uh Tuesday night to Wednesday. I noticed that there was a shit ton of accidents on I-15. Apparently, I guess like, a couple kids died or something like that. Yeah. Cuz there was a couple of pileups.
1: Yeah, well, when I was coming home from work on a on Thursday, I was on 12th Street and there was like a six-car pileup. Jesus, but this was like sunny, like there was no snow or anything. So it was just like, I don't know what happened, but like they closed off like the whole road. It was a bitch getting home.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and it was, and it like, was wreck- funny because uh, my phone notified me about a picture that I took on this day a couple weeks ago, a year ago or whatever. And we were having way different weather a year ago than we are now.
1: Yeah, I don't think we got that much snow last year.
0: No, we didn't. In fact, it was a lot warmer around this time last year than this year because I remember because I started working on my truck around this time last year and doing all my maintenance on all my vehicles, and this year we still have snow on the ground. It's been snowing and everything.
1: I mean, that's good though. That's definitely an improvement that we need. Yeah. Yeah. I still think we're going to have shitty drought this year, but Hopefully, what we've gotten this year with the snowpacks and rain, hopefully, will help mitigate that. Not as bad.
0: Yeah, because I've noticed that all the reservoirs now are already to capacity already.
1: Yeah, but they did say they sent out a uh, a thing to all the people with secondary water that this year they're going to turn them on later than they normally do. Mm-hmm. So they're telling people not to uh, turn it on themselves and and all this stuff and yeah. So watering this year for the first. Like, couple months, I think, going to be for, with house water, which is going to suck. Yeah. Drive my water bill up, but...
0: Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. I'm just waiting for it to get warm so I can start doing everything, you know what I mean? Just trying to get the vehicle maintenance stuff done, but it's kind of hard when every time it hits the weekend, there's always crap weather or there's snow on the ground it's too damn cold. Yep. All right, you ready to get this party started? on okay. the This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entities they represent. This podcast represents the views and opinions of David and Shane and their guests to the show. The views and opinions are for informational purposes only and because each person is so unique to their experiences, knowledge, and research. Any and all opinions expressed does not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of any Bear River Paranormal group member, nor any member of the paranormal community as a whole. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to us. My name is Shane. And I'm David. And on today's episode of the BRP Podcast, we are going to be talking about a very heated topic amongst the paranormal field. It is the definition between orbs and anomalies. We also have a game, phasmophobia, that we will be talking about. We have a case that we are going to be talking about as well, and we have an interesting piece of equipment, version 1 and version 2, that we will be talking about on this episode. Now, we're going to have a third voice on this episode. We are bringing on another guest, and this guest, her name is Alex. We will be bringing her on here shortly. And she will be talking about some of the topics that we have for this episode. And we're going to dive a little deep into her history, her background, and the paranormal, and the whole nine yards. But first off, updates. Now, we do have a uh, group page where you can go and see all these links that we post up, that we talk about on the podcast and everything the previous episodes that we recorded all the links that we talked about in those ones the nonprofit organization that storm uh storm and his father do up in idaho those uh, links are up there as well plus we have links to david's uh, stone store where you can go buy night lights or pendants or or uh, hair clips or anything like that then we also have our merch store as well I haven't uploaded any new designs recently, but I've noticed that some of the uh, merch has been selling, so hopefully you guys uh, keep on buying some merch and help supporting us so that way we can buy better equipment so we can bring you better podcast episodes and potentially be able to send my group off to a a nice location to go investigate and everything like that. So we do appreciate your guys' support. Uh, David, anything new with you?
1: I don't think so. Just been working and um, I you know eventually. You did install some
0: new things at your house recently.
1: Yes, that's true. I am prepping for my hot tub that I purchased that I don't know when it's going to get here. Uh, built new stairs from my deck down to it so I don't have to walk all the way around. Mm-hmm. And then I installed like a, what would you call them? like privacy walls yeah privacy dividers because um, a, it's a roof over where my hot tub's going so I just got these mm-hmm. uh, privacy walls that they pull out and lock into place and then put a light above it so everything's ready I just gotta wait for the hot tub to get here mm-hmm. but that's, that's about it I've just been working and doing this
0: yeah I understand that it's been a busy week this week Plus with that snowstorm that came in, that kinda threw a wrench in things too.
1: True, true, true.
0: I did two cleansings. I did one on Thursday and one on Friday, and then I have another one scheduled for Tuesday.
1: Yeah, cleansings have been obviously the biggest things that we've done.
0: Yeah, uh, in fact, lately. um let's let's uh let's talk a little bit about what happened last weekend, David. Before we bring Alex on
1: okay that's that's a lot to unpack but we can try it
0: so we got called to a uh it's an old client of ours from about three or four years ago uh they were having issues in their house again and this was the same location where i talked about on a couple different episodes where i dealt with a mirror that could potentially be a portal and the REM pod was going off and And everything like that or and the mirror could have had an attachment on it too as well Um, this was the same client so we agreed to go up there to do sort of like a mini investigation but mainly do a cleansing because they were kind of at their wits end at this point Um, we got there we didn't even have to literally step onto the property and we could just feel exactly what was going on there Uh, would you agree David
1: yeah, it was definitely um, not the greatest feeling. Uh, the, the, the weirdest part what was funny is uh, when we drove up on the driveway, they had like no outside lights on where everyone else in the neighborhood at least had some outside lights on. So the house already like looked darker, Yeah. which was already like, like oh, that's great. This It's already like, you know, dark just walking up to, to the house. Yeah. Um, but for what it's worth, I mean, it's a really nice house so like it had no reason to feel the way it felt like everything how everything was it had the ability to seem like an open light type of house but like yeah it definitely felt
0: dark once you
1: once you got in it
0: yeah and we had the equipment set up and within less than five minutes equipment started going off i mean so to to kind of to get a feeling of what we were doing so we showed up we talked to the client and everything trying to figure out um, what was going on and everything walked through the house yeah. the basement was by far the worst um like last time especially the one room where i got attacked and the storage room was also pretty bad the whole downstairs just had a bad feeling so we got some equipment out. I, David put down his pyramid. I put down a couple of my music boxes, my REM pod, my Melmeter, and a digital recorder. The Melmeter, which was the off brand version that I brought this time, I didn't bring the original Melmeter, uh, or not the original Melmeter, the REM pod, excuse me. So the REM pod was the off brand one that I brought. I didn't bring the original REM pod like on the first investigation that we did there. They did get rid of the mirror the last time we we were there, but they did put a different mirror in place. It was kind of more like a a vanity type mirror so that way their daughter can uh, get ready and put on makeup and everything like that in her room. So I set the REM pod on the desk and within a couple of minutes it started going off right in front of this mirror just like last time. We had music boxes going off, the pyramid was going off. We literally only investigated for, like, what? Probably an hour and a half, David, at most?
1: Yeah, we did it for an hour, but uh, before, like, everything was uh, going on, um, when you guys were in the room with the dress and everything, I never even stepped foot in there, but when we walked into the uh, cold storage room, everyone walked out, and I stayed in there, and I kind of knelt down for a minute to feel energy, and I just felt like something was off Mm -hmm. in there, and I told you specifically to check. I was like, something's in, in the the cold storage room and then come to find out uh that there was a portal in the storage room Mm -hmm. but not only in the storage room there was a portal where the mirror was because originally you guys went there this was without me the first time and there was a mirror that was a portal and we thought once it got rid of the mirror everything was fine but it turns out that there were also portals in the house so whatever was attached to that mirror came back to the house through the portals Mm mm-hmm But this was when you guys did their house originally. This was before you had all the experience you have now at cleansing. So you weren't able to really catch all that the first time around. Mm -hmm. But this time definitely was dealing with the same spirit that attacked you, plus a couple years had passed, so it's gotten stronger. And then we were under the assumption that there are more than one spirit there, potentially five total. And one was the main one that was controlling the other four but yeah we were investigating probably for an hour and we got more evidence within that hour than we normally do in a whole night on a normal investigation
0: Mm -hmm. agreed yeah because three or four years ago when we initially went there we determined that the mirror was the portal or had an attachment or had something going on with it and we told the homeowners to get rid of it which they did But, here's the thing that we found out later, when they were getting rid of it, they uh, broke the mirror by accident while they were getting rid of it, so it made me wonder if it relinquished whatever was there with that mirror and it brought it back to their place, because, you know, I'm not going to go into details on everything that happened with that client, but they had a little rough patch and then things were getting were going good you know they were doing great for the last four years up until about a month ago then things started taking a turn for the worse and then that's when they contacted us and come back out there and um, actually we determined that there was a total of three portals David there was one in the storeroom one where the mirror was and then one in the closet where that dress was so there was a total of three of them because I closed two of them and then Diana closed the third because uh, I needed to Uh, focus my attention on the client because we did have to pull an attachment off of the client and it wasn't just a attachment it was like three or four attachments so it was it was a very very intense cleansing nonetheless yeah yep definitely but yeah that in that hour we got more evidence than we have on a a traditional investigation if we're there for six hours which is quite funny because there's been a couple of locations this this season that have produced a lot of evidence. I mean, we had that one in over there by Tremont, uh, Thatcher, that had a, a bunch of evidence and the spirits were wanting to, to play with the equipment there. Then there was Montpelier and now Idaho Falls. So all three locations had quite a bit of activity. In fact, Idaho Falls was the shortest investigation and it produced the most evidence
1: right yeah i mean this definitely was by far one of the i would say quote unquote scary slash dangerous and uh cleansings uh that we've that i've ever been a part of due to the fact of how it was affecting the client so bad Mm -hmm. that i had to step in and potentially save him Mm -hmm.
0: yep and then i had to focus my energy for two hours two long hours and one energy drink later I had a, I worked on his energy and kept him safe and everything while everybody was cleansing the house. And it was, it was definitely an intense investigation. And I was feeling it for a couple of days after that. I was, I was drained of energy up, up until about Tuesday. Yeah, it was crazy. I definitely,
1: I think after that, my, I don't want to say powers, gifts, whatever, but definitely my, um, confidence in my cleansing abilities Mm -hmm. uh, i think grew after that night Mm -hmm. for sure but what's interesting enough uh that this location that we did it's actually really close to another recent location that we also did yep that was with uh our guest that's uh on with us in the area
0: yep very much so and in fact the last few times we've been to idaho falls we've Investigated this one certain area of Idaho Falls, and it's a stone throws away from each location. Because to go to the client that we went to last weekend, we literally drove by the last location that we went to in Idaho Falls just to get to that location. So it was quite ironic. Um, and the clients actually knew about that location as well, and we were kind of giving them the little bit of history, told them about Marilyn Monroe staying there back in the day when she was shooting a film here in in Idaho and everything like that and and they didn't even know that and they've lived in Idaho Falls for years but yeah so it was definitely a intense investigation now did you have any last thoughts about that investigation David um well I used my lantern
1: and actually saw it go off for the first time so that was very very nice to see
0: Yeah, in fact, we had it in the middle of the one portal in the storage room, and it definitely went off. Yes. And then your pyramid kept on going off in the hallway, too, particularly pointing to the back bedroom down the hallway.
1: Yeah, pretty much everywhere where we weren't, it was going off, and then we went to that area. You can definitely feel the presence, and then it left. And Mm -hmm. you can tell it left because the pyramid would go off again in the hallway outside the room where we were. And then we'd go into the other room where the pyramid went off, and you could feel the press. So it it couldn't physically be in the presence where we were. So it mm-hmm. kept bouncing away.
0: Yeah. And one thing I did want to add, I forgot to add this in. Um, the spirit was very, very familiar with me, and it was pissed off at me, and it was trying to go after me. And the um, we had the FX 2.0 going, and, and uh, I was kind of doing a, kind of a blind spare box session. I was mainly focused on the your lantern when you guys were were asking the questions. But uh, when we walked into that room where I got attacked the first time, um, I swear to God, I'll have to go through the the audio of it, but I'm almost a thousand percent sure it said, he's in here now, go get him. And I know David and Rebecca heard the same thing, right?
1: Yeah, it was definitely... uh the spirit telling the other spirits to go get uh, the client because the client went upstairs that you didn't know about when you mm-hmm. left that room, mm-hmm. and he went upstairs by himself, and all of us were downstairs. And the minute you went in that room, that's when that voice came by. So then I realized that oh, they're they're targeting him right now, and yeah. it, you know just switched this whole thing. And that's when we were like, all right, we we got we're we're done. We can't invest. We can't investigate no more. We know what's going on.
0: Yeah, because it was wanting to go after the client, and then it was also trying to go after me as well. So I found it ironic that I walked into that room, no one's with the client, and it says that. And it could go both ways. It could mean that it could be going against both me and the client as well. That's kind of the feeling that I got from it, because it was extremely pissed off at me since the first time I was there. Because I didn't realize that we were going to go against the same spirit that I tangled with four years ago.
1: Yeah, it, it was definitely crazy, but yeah, yeah. That, craziest cleansings I think I've ever done.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely concretes the fact that Idaho is crazy when it comes to paranormal activity lately. True. Well, yeah, so that's uh, that's kind of what happened last weekend. David requested that we uh, talk about it on the the next recording of the BRP podcast. Now, uh, this is going to come out uh, in at a future date, obviously. So when we recorded it and was talking about it, more than likely this episode is going to drop probably a month or so after we've recorded this. So it might be slightly older news, but David wanted to definitely hit hard on that real quick before we actually talked about the the topics on this episode. So, before we get started on the initial topic, let me bring in our guest, Alex. Now, Alex is a paranormal investigator here in Cache Valley. She's been investigating for quite a few years now. She's been on a different team, and she was also doing some freelancing things as well. Alex, how are you doing today?
2: Oh, I'm not too bad. Thanks for asking. How are you guys?
0: Doing good, doing good. So, Alex, can you... Give us a little bit of background about yourself. What got you started in paranormal? What got you interested in the paranormal? Where you've been, your experiences, stuff like that.
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, so just essentially, just to start out, um, I grew up a lot in the LDS church. Grew up very religious. Uh, it all started actually after I was baptized. So after I was baptized, I was able to point at a picture of an old family member that I didn't know who they were. Didn't have any knowledge of them and be able to point at them and be like oh that's great grandma Bessie or different things like that and my family was like how do you know that how that we never talked about her oh well I've seen her before so it it grew up a lot or I grew up a lot with that and it it just kind of stemmed into the fact that the paranormal within itself intrigued me I used to watch a lot about like Lizzie Borden I grew up watching the OG ghost hunters and it just I would fall asleep to it. It was just calming to me. The unknown always fascinated me. And from there, I actually did find a team. Was with them for quite a few years. Learned a lot there. And I appreciate my time on that team. And then from there, between being on that team and this current team, I kind of went out and investigated things by myself. Didn't go out with the general equipment. Just kind of went out and just like, okay, well, what do I feel here? So for me, myself, I, I do a lot of feeling. I don't want to say clairvoyance, but more like empath.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. And what's the scariest location that you've have investigated?
2: Oh, that is a really good one. So I've had a very unique experience at the J.R. JR Edwards building in Logan, I've also had very, very unique experiences in Greycliff Lodge down in Ogden, uh, to the point where I felt, in the upstairs, I felt an entity touching my ankles, and I wish I had the picture still, but they actually took a picture, and right in front of me, right where I felt everything, there was an orb.
0: Okay. And I know David was at that same investigation where he uh, challenged the spirit and then some things happened the next day. David, do you want to kind of briefly touch that?
1: Yeah, did something stupid, I guess, before I was able my abilities to be strong as they are now. But basically, I'm in a room and I've had a lot of history with this uh, spirit that's in this room who's not very nice Um, I would say he is somewhat human but after the years he's kind of twisted so he is a human spirit but he he had strong connections and ties Mm -hmm. Um, basically I'm in a room full of I would say like what it was all girls three three or two of them are girls Mm -hmm. and they were all getting touched inappropriately and just felt like uneasy and stuff so then I decided to say hey you, you can't you can't do that you gotta come through me first and then everything stopped and then nothing happened but then I get home, and then the next morning, uh, all, all shit broke loose in my house. Where I got posters that are ripping off the wall, and mm-hmm. huge arguments. Broke, broke my hand. It was not a good day. And then I realized that this was the spirit's work. And then once I realized that, everything stopped.
0: Yeah, because I remember that happening. Because you reached out to me, and you were talking to me about. In fact, you were. You called me, and you were talking to me. And you, while you were walking to your grandma's house after. The fact that it happened and everything. It's definitely scary stuff. That's, that's sort of the the dangers that we experience every time we go in on an investigation. Is, you know, stuff could follow us home. And could cause chaos in, in our own private residence. So, it sucks that that did happen to David. But the ironic thing is, so... I've known Alex for quite a few years. I'd say probably like, what, five, six years, Alex?
2: Something like that, if not longer.
0: Yeah, and... Uh, between uh, me and David, David's the only other person that has actually investigated with you. I personally have not investigated with you prior to adding you to the team and David has actually investigated with you as well and so when we interviewed you and everything and obviously David gave a good word on you um, we had a good feeling when we interviewed you, hence why we offered you a position on the group and now you're here. Um, Now with Prior to actually being on my group, Alex, what experiences do you have with equipment or cleansings or anything like that?
2: So with the cleansings, we really didn't do too much. Uh, we, we did some cleansings. They were just, they weren't as in-depth, I guess is the best way to put it, as you. Because in Idaho Falls, I actually learned quite a bit. Uh, so we, we have done a few cleansings on that other team. As far as equipment goes, you know, they, they like to use the flashlight trick as well as dowsing rods, spirit box. They use the SB 11. Mm -hmm. Um, trying to think, I think that's mainly that, uh, we also do a lot of picture analysis as well as your general EVP with the voice recorders.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay. So Alex... Do you know what the difference between an orb and an anomaly is?
2: Essentially, from what I've gathered, is the terminology of it. Uh, anomaly is more of a correct term, just because of the fact that anomaly is a broader subject. It, I was looking into it a few days ago, and I, I want to say that the definition of anomaly is just... it's, a, it's What's the word? It's anal, anomalytics or something like that. Mm-hmm. and it's just essentially something of the unknown it's a physical thing of the unknown unknown that you can take a picture of mm-hmm. or capture
0: and see and the best way to <clears throat> distinguish the two and we like i per- personally prefer to use the term anomaly or light anomaly or in an- anomalies or anomalous or anything like that versus using the word orb because Orb in general is just a generic word that people use in the paranormal field to distinguish a ball of energy. Technically they should be using the word anomaly. Anomaly is an anomalous of the paranormal so basically it's talking about something that is unknown like what Alex says. The reason why I don't like the term orb or orbs. Is because it is so overused in the paranormal Uh, a lot of people don't realize that they're doing a lot of things incorrectly when it comes to capturing said evidence of the paranormal case in point when you go into a location you don't just start snapping pictures and just go from there. You kind of have to do a baseline. you kind of have to soak in your environment. You, you know, you need to check and see if you have any bleed through for EMF. And you also kind of have to check and see how clean the location is. Now, dust itself is hard to see with the naked eye unless you're in a dark room in a flashlight and that is probably the easiest way to see dust. Or if you're in a brightly lit room that's very dusty, all you have to do is just shake a rug and then you can see a shit ton of dust flying across the air. You know, or the furnace kicks on that hasn't been cleaned in a while. You know, stuff like that. But it's not something that can be easily distinguishable with the naked eye. And a lot of these locations, I mean, people, the human race itself can be a clean race. You know what I mean? They can pick up after themselves. They can keep their... Their house houses clean and everything like that, but dust is one of those things that kind of goes unnoticed until it starts building up and then you clean it and all that good jazz. So when we go into these locations, one of the things that I like to check is I like to see how much dust is in the area. So while I'm going around doing the baselines and everything, I'm looking at cupboards, I'm looking at shelves, I'm looking at desks, you know, particularly the darker stained or darker painted desks to see if I see any dust or anything like that. Because in my mind, you know, then I put that in there as, okay, so if I set up a camera in this room to record video, potentially there's gonna be a lot of dust in here. So I'm gonna to have to keep mind of that when I'm reviewing the evidence. And in turn, 9 times out of 10, I'm usually right, whenever the AC kicks on or the heater kicks on or someone walks into the room, it stirs up the dust Then all of a sudden you got dust particles everywhere and dust is a reflective type thing. So when you have infrared, if you have ultraviolet or full spectrum or even a digital still camera with a flash, it will light up when it has that flash or that light on it and it will look like it is an anomaly but the problem is if you say you stop a video and you zoom in on it or if you take digital stills and you zoom in on it you can tell what is an anomaly and what is dust now uh, we will be posting up pictures of examples and videos for example of dust particles moisture particles bugs stuff like that that is not paranormal um and then we will post up pictures of what are light anomalies or anomalies and that is spirit that is spiritual you know um but with digital stills like i'll circle back to uh what what people do wrong now, usually with my group and the way that I like to do things is I, I tell all my investigators if you're going to be taking a digital still pictures, you need to stand in the same place and at least take three to four pictures in series. The reason why is so that way we can analyze the pictures in a row because it's hard to say that you have paranormal activity when only one picture is taken versus four, five, six pictures taken in a series there's been quite a few people online that would post up a picture and get everybody's opinions or they say oh look I found you know there's a spirit in my house there's a bunch of orbs and nine times out of ten is just dust there's nothing wrong there there's nothing wrong with the picture there's nothing wrong with the location just people are getting freaked out because people overuse the term orbs now Alex what are yes. your thoughts on orbs, anomalies? What's your take on everything?
2: Um, essentially for me, I'd have to say that a lot of it can be explained. Like like you were saying, dust. It can be a bug, especially if you're taking a picture and it's farther in the background. It's it's easy to just take the extra few seconds or even the extra few minutes to try to debunk it, being like, well, what could this be? Okay, well, what was so-and-so? Like, let's say if me, you, and David were in a room and I was taking pictures and it's, okay, well, I know Shane was right there. David, were you moving around? Yeah, a little bit. Oh, okay, well, let's let's try to recreate it. It, it really doesn't take long to try to debunk that. Um, and I don't know why I didn't think of it beforehand, but I don't know if you wanna touch base on that video that I sent you for my garage. what I caught on my camera
0: yeah go ahead talk about it
2: well I was just saying if you want to talk about it just because for me I I can't explain that I to this day I still don't know what it is
0: yeah you sent me that video and I watched it and I'm still not a hundred percent sure what that is to be quite honest with you but we also have to realize we are on land that used to be inhabited by Native Americans you know who knows if they did anything in that particular area where your grandma's house is or anything like that. So it's hard to say exactly what it is, but it definitely did not look like Destiny whatsoever, or a bug, because at that time when you recorded it, I'm pretty sure it was like, what, late fall or early winter?
2: It was, it was early winter and if I remember right in the video, I even went out and like, because off the camera I could just press record, and I even went out and was waving my arm where it was at, I didn't see anything to the naked eye, nothing like
0: that and it was super weird yeah yeah it was definitely weird and you know stuff like that I will definitely take a look at and get my honest opinions on the thing that really drives me nuts is when people just you know send me pictures and just want to get my my take on it and usually they don't like my response because usually I start out with, well, if this is the only photo that you're sending me. Where's the other photos that you took? Did you take a couple before, a couple after? What's the preface on behind this picture? Why were you taking pictures to begin with? You know, once you start uh, asking them a bunch of questions on exactly why you're sending me this picture, then they tend to get a little irritated. But, you know, I can't just sit there and say, oh, yeah, it's, it's evidence or it's not evidence. I need some context, you know? And I'm sure David's the same way, right?
1: Yeah, when it comes to uh, you know the the orbs and stuff, I, I I just like to refer to everything that I see on camera as an anomaly in general. Mm-hmm. And then unless I was there to like feel energy or whatnot, when it comes to showing people it, I just let them decide what it is, and then I don't press any further on it because it's it's harder for anyone to. Uh, convince anybody that what they're seeing is something other than what they think unless they were there to feel it.
0: Mm-hmm. Understood. Now, David, what is your uh, thoughts about uh, orbs versus anomaly and everything like that? Um, I know we don't
1: generally do a lot with them in terms of evidence anymore. We've kind of just swept them away. There's only been one time where we took a picture at Hobbs Hollow and there was a light anomaly that I thought was uh, credible, but then after seeing some of the photos of uh, moisture particles and what they look like, uh, it's led me to now think that what I've seen on that picture for the last couple years is not actually anything. So yeah, it's pretty much, like I said, it's impossible. I mean, it's easiest to tell when it's a bug. It's easiest to tell when it's a dust and now moisture particles, but there are those rare occasions when you do see a a little ball uh, on a screen and it just acts differently. Mm -hmm. And you can kind of just be like, well, I don't know the pattern's different. It's not bug shaped. It's not like moving like dust. So I can't really specifically tell you Uh, That it's anything that I don't know. So I just put it in the anomaly category of something that I can't explain.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. That's that's about it where I stand on it. I mean, I think uh, probably 90% of orbs that people show you is not real. But Mm -hmm. you never know, right? Unless you were there and everything. And just someone showing you one picture or one little video and you don't know any history or story about anything on the video, it's hard to put your two cents in it of when someone shows you like, hey, look what I found. You're like, oh, that's cool, but I can't quite confirm that it is what it is.
0: Yeah. And that's why I always ask those questions, you know, like give me some background on this. Did you take some pictures? Why were you taking pictures? You know, stuff like that. And because I can't say yes or no that that's, you know, if that's a spirit or not. And, quite frankly, every time when I see a picture with a bunch of, you know, dust particles, you know, I kind of do the extended eye roll. Every time when I see them, it's like, really? People are still debating this topic, but, you know, it's whatever. There, there There's people out there that don't really know what it, what it is or what it means or anything like that, and they just think that it's a spirit when nine times out of ten it's just your house is dirty, you know? But like David said, you can't really dismiss it without actually being there that's why I like to a- to answer those que- ask those questions now I just wanted to read off something real quick to you guys now the difference between light anomalies versus orbs um, light anomalies um, are different uh, forms of orbs in three major ways they create their own light source they are more semicircle or crescent shaped and they slowly follow a direct flight path. Uh, theory has presented... Uh, he bases on science studies involving a mixture of energies. He explains in the addition of the new energy into an environment containing its own energy would produce an electric arc-like current. Uh, according to according to sources, um, they could be arc-shaped light anomalies, could possibly be ghosts affecting the environment around them. Now that's just kind of a basis between uh, light anomalies versus orbs, but the actual definition so an anomaly is something that deviates from what is standard, normal, or expected. And the uh, definition of an orb basically means a spherical body, a globe, you know, stuff like that. I prefer to use the term anomaly because it fits well with it because you never know exactly what's going to happen now in the future we're going to try to post up more pictures of what we consider would be light anomaly either video or digital still and stuff like that and then like i said earlier we'll post up pictures of what dust or moisture or bugs or anything like that looks like on camera um, i actually been following the same guideline that i've had ever since I started in the paranormal so that way I don't get too excited and look like a dumbass getting all excited about an orb or a light anomaly when it's just dust or moisture or anything like that. Now, Alex, final thoughts on this particular topic?
2: Um, just to add in real quick, so I I really don't have much of an opinion on it, but I'm sure you and David might. What are your guys' thoughts on first say like different colored anomalies?
0: David what's your thoughts first
1: so like in terms of uh the color of the the orb
2: essentially yeah because I think you were there with us that night at Greycliff when we caught theoretically the red one um I've seen red blue green I'm impartial I don't really have much of an opinion or a thought but you guys have been doing this a lot longer than I have so I figured kind of get your opinions
1: so yeah, the moisture orbs, they are the ones that uh, turn out to have the most color, like anything from orange green to a pinkish hue to a light blue to a purple. Moisture orbs tend to have uh, the most uh, in terms of, of color. And then you have uh, you know dust, which is more of a pixelated grainy type of, uh, uh, of orb. Like if you freeze frame on it and zoom up on it like in a steel, obviously in a video you won't see um, that, but, uh, bugs are obviously the easiest, but, uh, yeah, I, the only thing that I can really clarify that I've seen with my own eyes was one time at the union station. I did a tour before I was even on a paranormal team and, um, just walking through a corridor, I saw an orange, like zip, like lightning style, like line, like moving right in front of my eyes. And I, that was the only thing I ever saw. Um, but yeah when it comes to orbs i know specifically the red and green orbs that people see whether it's with their own eyes like the colors definitely mean different things so i think like green if you see a green light it's generally not good Mm. and then red like because then you're flirting with if you're seeing it with your own eyes um different type of auras that certain energies uh Bring off, and that's like a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to put two and two together. But if you're talking about looking on uh, a photo or a video in terms of, of orbs, you you gotta quite potentially think where you're at because Greycliff where we're at, uh, you're near uh, a flowing river, and uh, we're in a place that you know has a kitchen and serves food, and they, you know they worked that day. So you got to put into perspective of that, and you know the moisture in the air as the night gets clo- you know colder. You know moisture levels change and everything so it's hard video slash picture to determine what that was that would get captured but definitely mm-hmm. knowing that that place is haunted it's something to speculate you know
0: mm-hmm. and uh to add to that too i also have noticed that it, between moisture and dust The colored ones seem to be a lot brighter in color with the moisture orbs versus the dust orbs. They tend to be more of a duller type color. There can be colors to them in which we will post up examples of those in the group page uh, in regards to the difference between moisture orbs dust orbs and moisture orbs and everything like that the biggest thing that i've noticed with like just dust orbs in general is they have circular lines inside of them so some of the examples that we're going to post up are going to have circular lines some of them will have diagonal lines stuff like that um and then in regards to your question about the red one Um, I actually have a thing here an orb possesses a reddish tint and is usually a sign of anger pain or despair These entities tend to be those that are restless due to events in their life or things that cannot be uh, Cannot get past even in the afterlife that is just one definition of why people see red orbs now It could just be something as simple as dust or moisture as well but if you come across the Red Anomaly, which uh, personally I have two times in the past. Uh, once at the Whittier Center here in Logan, and the second one at the Hans Bar, uh, back when it used to be standing in an active bar. Those were the two places where I've caught Red Orbs, or Red Anomalies anyway. Uh, at those locations, I've also caught Blue Anomalies. Um, I don't think I've ever caught Green and then I've only caught traditional white. And then, of course, if I were to go through every single case that we took digital stills of, I'm sure I can find any other color uh, for dust and moisture and everything like that. But that's basically, I wanted to inject into what David said about that. Um, Anything else, Alex?
2: No I don't really think so unless if you feel like it we can when we drop the podcast obviously how you you're talking about putting some examples Mm -hmm. if you want to I I'm completely fine if you want to post my video and kind of see what everyone else kind of thinks and maybe someone can actually be no that's you know that's a bug obviously maybe Mm -hmm. they're seeing something that we're not.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah so i'll try to i'll find it and then i'll get it posted up as well and get everybody's opinion on that and then i will also i found a video on youtube where a guy uh, goes into detail on orbs versus dust in a controlled test so that way you guys can get it get see exactly what i'm talking about when it comes to you know if you if you're looking for dust if if you walk into a location to see and you're doing a baseline you're seeing how dirty it is the easiest way to see the dust is you know through light or through camera or anything like that so i'll post up that that link as well so that way you guys can watch it it's just a short you know two three minute video but it's very informational and if i find any others i will also post them up as well um anything else you want to add david before we move on to our next topic Nope, I'm good. Okay. Uh what about you, Alex? You good? Oh, um,
2: I'm I'm good on my end too.
0: Okay. Hey everybody. The sponsor of today's episode is Anchor, the platform that we use at the BRB Podcast for our podcast. Anchor is an awesome web based distribution type platform, kinda like Spreaker and some of those other platforms out there that Allows people to host their podcasts. But here's the caveat. There is no caveat. It's free. Free? Yeah, free. Unlike some of the other streaming platforms that we've used in the past, like Spreaker, they limit you on how many episodes you can upload. They limit you on how many demographics and charts and stuff like that that you want to see and see how your podcast is doing. So Anchor provides all that for free. You can upload, you can have as many episodes as you want for how long it needs to be. They give you all of the graphs and charts needed so that way you can keep track of your progress on how well you're doing for your podcast. And they also give you the option to help monetize your episodes as well by either giving you some sponsorships or you obtain some sponsorships. We definitely, definitely recommend checking out Anchor for all of your podcast needs because us at BRP Podcast, we are a self-funded podcast. So the fact that we can use internet-based platform for free and they give us all the tools to make us successful is why we give them two thumbs up. So we definitely recommend you check out Anchor. The link is in the description of this podcast. We would love for you to check them out and let them know that we sent you over to them. Thanks, Anchor. All right, so the game that we're going to be talking about is Phasmophobia. Now, this is one of those uh, paranormal-esque type games. I do believe this one is kind of like a VR type game as well.
1: Uh, it can be, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's more funner in VR for sure. Yeah because essentially what it is is you are like a quote-unquote paranormal investigator i I guess ghost hunter is the best term for this game Mm -hmm. um where you like you have like a base camp set up outside like in in a van or whatever and you have objectives that you have to do and you know you have to go in this house and figure out what's going on you do get like equipment essentially you do get like a a flashlights uv flashlights camera and i even think you get a, um, a k2 meter is like the biggest thing but they don't call it that they call it something else and then yeah you go with friends like I think the max is like four people and you're just in this house and it's open mic so like if you're upstairs and you're talking you can kind of hear somebody if you're downstairs it's kind of cool you know and game wise and yeah there's that there's the big scary element of like something's there and interacts with you and does like try to get you and stuff like that so it is the closest you can get to playing a scary paranormal game I think there is
0: yeah yeah, in fact, the uh, the actual uh, the details about this game, Phasmophobia is an indie co-op, physically, uh, no, it's not physically, psychologically, uh, not psychologically. Wow.
2: Psychologically.
0: Psychologically. Thank you. I cannot English <laughs> today. Uh, psychological logical horror game uh, developed by Connect Games. It was released in early access on the 18th of, of September two, 2020 for PC uh, with cross-play VR support. Play with up to three other players uh, as a team of paranormal investigators and explore haunted locations filled with paranormal activity. Explore Experience uh, thrilling moments of gameplay as you interact with the ghosts, spirits, and other paranormal phenomena. Uh, Support your team by monitoring the location with CCTV cameras and motion sensors from the safety of a van. Or head inside and get your hands dirty with the ghostly activity that that will get increasingly hostile as the time goes on. So it's definitely a... You know, a paranormal-esque investigation game and I've watched some of the uh, gameplay particularly by Mark Blyer. He is a very I've talked to him I talked about him numerous times in the past but he's a very animated uh, YouTube gamer and there's some parts in this in his gameplay just watching him I've even like startled myself you know. Um, Alex now you did say before we started recording that you've been thinking about downloading and buying this game
2: yeah so and I'm I'm a little bit impartial because I I love watching like Markiplier PewDiePie all of that and watching his gameplay really intrigued me on it I I had I had to laugh at myself though because on one of the objectives I can't remember which one it was uh, but one of the objectives is use the crucifix before the ghost can use it on you. Mm-hmm. And I, I just kind of thought that was funny. So I'm, I'm, ugh, I'm tossing it back and forth between buying it because it's only 13.99 on Steam. It's not too terribly expensive. Yeah. And my brother does have an Oculus, so I do have the. Uh, option possibly of doing the VR and just on PC play mm-hmm. but I mean it, it seems intriguing I've seen worse games but I I'm intrigued with it I I think it's something that eventually maybe down the road I'll get uh, maybe I'll regret it maybe I won't
0: yeah yeah and I've actually thought about getting it too because I I have steam on my computer so it might be something worth getting uh, to be honest with you, even though I never have time to play games, but I think this would be a fun game to play. Now, David, what are your thoughts on the game itself? Is this something that you would personally would want to play?
1: Yeah, I've played dumber games than that, so I would definitely play it. <laughs> I mean, I, we've, we've literally played uh, Among Us, so I'm pretty sure yeah. we can play that one.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so what I'll do is I will post up links uh, about this particular game in the group page. So that way you guys can watch the uh, Phasmophobia official trailer. We'll post up links to Mark Blyer's um, videos of him playing it and everything. And then I'll also post up the website where we got the nitty gritty details about Phasmophobia. But I would definitely, you know, compared to the other games that we're going to talk about, I feel like this one is more semi-accurate to paranormal investigating versus all the other games would you agree
1: well yeah i i think it's the closest you'll get (laughs) Mm -hmm. to experiencing uh a paranormal ghost hunt quote unquote Mm -hmm. um with a game and scary element that you can get to that if you don't do it you know obviously as someone who's never done it before um But, like, I don't want people to think, like, even though they play the game, they're like, oh, this is exactly what everyone in ghost hunting world does. And it's like, no, no, it's literally a game. (laughs) It's taking some aspects of what kind of goes on and puts it into uh, extreme format.
0: Exactly. Yeah, we do not recommend you take every word for granted in this game and do exactly what they say in this game because it's definitely not what it is in real life. They did take certain aspects out of what teams do on investigations and everything like that, but like anything else, it's not 100% accurate. But I will give them this. It's about as accurate as it can get if you ever want to experience what an investigation is like. Outside of actually attending one and actually seeing what a reputable team will actually do on an investigation. But for accuracy's sake, I would say Phasmophobia is probably the most accurate out of all the games that we're going to talk about on the season.
2: See, and I say probably about 90%, because I don't know if both of you guys, when you guys were watching the gameplay, if the ghost or the entity, per se, touches you, it puts you in limbo until the like everyone is out back to the van. Mm -hmm. like that does not actually happen on an investigation but i i thought it was unique because the one that i saw you can purchase a spirit box and if i remember right it's the sb7 that they have
0: Mm -hmm. and they also uh looks like though and and some of the gameplay looks like they're actually physically Mm -hmm. holding uh, k2 as well
2: yeah they they've got that oh and one thing too how you guys were saying that it's open mic so when someone's upstairs if you're downstairs you know it's a little bit harder to hear markiplier and them did find that you can also have walkie talkies Mm. so you can use that also so it's a little bit easier to hear each other
0: okay that's good to know well yeah final thoughts on the game david before we move on to our next topic
1: yeah i'll get it it's just one of those games that i think it definitely relies heavily on uh uh, co-op playability and that's my biggest concern with any type of game that requires other online people to play is Mm -hmm. if you get that one person who doesn't give a fuck and just does whatever they want it makes the game unplayable
0: yeah yeah definitely that's my biggest
1: concern with games like that
0: yeah so if you're gonna play this game just make sure everybody's on the same cage and is gonna fuck everything up
2: (laughs) you can also play by yourself oh you can? yeah you can go in solo or you can have up to four people
0: okay alright well, well that's good enough. that
1: makes it easier
0: then. yeah that <laughs> definitely does but we definitely recommend you check out uh, Phasmophobia. we will have links in the BRP podcast group page so that way you guys can watch the trailer and watch Mark or how he plays it um, I'll also include the link to Steam as well um, and it also has uh, capabilities of adding in Discord so if you use Discord during your gameplay you can also have that on as well so, Antelope Island itself, the one place that we've all been to is called Gar Ranch. It is a very, very, very active location. The whole island is pretty much active. You get a nice, beautiful drive all the way to the island. You know, they, they built the road um, so that way people can actually get out to the island without having to get a boat and, and actually row themselves out there. Uh, but where they built the road itself, there wasn't really much water to begin with in that area anyway, but we've also been dealing with a drought for the last 30 to 50 years, so who knows? Well,
1: the whole island had zero water around it when we went out there.
0: Yeah, and last year was particularly the the hardest hit when it came to the water levels. It got really low. I mean, they got it got to the point the water got so low, the buffalo were getting out, so they had to build a whole new fence to contain the buffalo on the island because people were getting... Buffalo in their backyard over there in Layton Farmington area.
2: Impartial, but they're bison. We don't have both. Buf- <clears throat> we don't have buffalo Technically,
0: here. Technically, <laughs> buffalo, bison. This is the West. We call them both. But yeah, the island itself has activity, particularly our Ranch. Now, Alex, have you ever been out to to Antelope Island or Fieldingar Ranch before?
2: So I've been to the island. I've just been right off. So as you head onto the island, you've got that little guest store type deal in the marina. Um, I I know I was out there a lot, like Mm -hmm. when I was younger, but the most recent and only thing I can really remember is going out to the island myself. And I actually saw one of the bikes like it was there. I turned around in the car, and we were doing... We got out for something for just a few minutes, and the bike had moved like five feet. And I was like, yep, nope, I'm out here by myself hmm. with my buddy. We are leaving. Hmm. So I, it's, it's definitely filled with activity. I want to go out there and investigate it really bad.
0: Okay. And David, what was your thoughts when you investigated out there?
1: Well, the initial area, I mean, definitely had energy, a lot of native energy for sure uh the two buildings there was one in particular uh negative person that was in one of the buildings that i don't think liked women but most importantly it was the forest area to where which i am pretty sure we decided was an earth elemental or something like that that was like Mm -hmm. being a tree essentially Mm -hmm. like a shape-shifting into trees that like were very bad energy agreed but uh, other than that, I mean, it was a really nice place. It was my first time uh, ever out to Antelope Island before. Um, I've never been there before, and I've lived, you know, in Utah my whole life and relatively close to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was my first time actually ever going out there. It was a nice. It's a nice drive. Um, it was uh, really nice driving uh, when we were leaving because no one was on the island at that point, and uh, you know, it's a very windy road. In a nice yeah. car, it was a great drive.
0: Yeah, yeah. the 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 drive there is beautiful, and if the buffalo or bison, or however you want to call them, if they are close to the road, you get to slow down and actually get to, to look at them. I mean, outside of Antelope Island, the next place you can go see them is Yellowstone, unless there's a place in between.
2: There is. Where at? The American West Heritage Center, because last year for Baby Animal Days, they did bison tours, and I actually ran the gate.
0: Oh, okay, okay. Okay, so over here. Well, there's also a
1: place uh, out in uh, the the mountains area, um, Eden. uh, There's a farmer out there that sells bison. Oh, Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, when we go to Luna and Lavender, uh, he has this whole pen uh, that uh, says bison for sale. Okay. Well, that's not bad at all, then. Yeah, I well, I think primarily he sells them to the places that serve them, the yeah. the food, yeah, um, like Maddox and such.
0: Okay, gonna so. have to look into that because uh, the last couple times when I've gotten buffalo meat, it's been at that uh, grocery store over there by Duchesne Roosevelt area on the reservation. So if I can get, if they if he can sell it privately over there in Eden, that would be a plus. Well, he'd
1: sell you the living bison yeah so then you'd have to butcher it yourself
0: yeah which
2: oh i'd love to be there to watch shane do that
0: butcher it myself (laughs) yeah it's not the first time i've cut up a deer or a cow or anything like that so it shouldn't be that hard
2: oh bison even the small ones like the yearlings they look pretty small until you're face to face with them
0: yeah they're
2: they're something else
0: (laughs) oh it's the same thing with elk and moose man
2: oh hands down
0: oh yeah these are huge but but bison ha, are just a, f- a huge physical mass. I mean, you think of a big ol' br- uh, Texan bull with big old long horns. Think of that times two, and that's a bison. They're yeah. just thick boys.
2: Oh, yeah. I think they said the yearlings, like, what, between year one and year two of a bison's life, they get up close to 900 pounds just mm-hmm. right off the bat.
0: Mm-hmm yeah they're they're definitely big but um they have a bunch out there and once you pass that and you just keep following the winding road there's signs out there so it's really not hard to get to fieldingar ranch now once you get on location i've been out there a few times i've been out there when there's still daylight and i've been out there while it's nighttime it's definitely got a different feel from daylight to nightland from daytime to nighttime it's definitely a a night and day difference literally um and there are some nefarious things that are going on there now i know there's been other teams in the past that go out there and do extensive studies and everything like that and which is all fine and dandy um but when we go out there we usually just go out there hang out investigate see who we can communicate and everything um for me personally i've had activity happen in every single basically every single building on that property including out by the stalls by the corral and the pen uh the barn uh the barn particularly now we went out i went out there and i had my old lady with me and there was a good group of us and me and my old lady were in the barn and this is back when um, my knee locked up so I couldn't really walk or run or anything like that and we were standing there and she actually saw it first, she saw someone walking across the courtyard so the barn itself faces uh, north, north to south and we were both facing north and we were watching this person walk across the courtyard but here's the funny thing, you didn't hear footsteps, you didn't hear anything and so we ran after it and we were halfway inside the barn but so by the time we ran out of the barn turned the corner to go run after this person that we saw walking because we didn't know who it was there wasn't anybody there and of course i did not have a camera going with me at all so i didn't couldn't document it i i only saw it with my own two eyes and i did not hear any footsteps whatsoever i did try to find out where lon was lon likes to which is diana's significant other Uh, he, when he walks, he tends to walk like a ninja. So I wanted to make sure it wasn't him or Carl, which is the, uh, uh, not forest service. Um, but caretaker. Yeah. He's kind of like the caretaker. He works for the government for BLM and, and all those, Mm -hmm. those good jazz. Um, and he takes care of fielding Gar ranch. Um, he wasn't anywhere close at the barn at that time. So something that's unexplained for me, I watched a full body apparition walk across the courtyard and of course, I don't have anything to document it. I only have personal experiences. Um, now, did you have anything else happen out there with you, David?
1: Um, not particularly. It wasn't uh like really active, I and mean, we had a big group. I feel like it's one of those places that you needed a uh, uh, more time to spend because it's such a huge area so you Mm -hmm. need to pick your moments and stay in a certain area for one time and then next time focus somewhere else because we did a big vast walk and got some interesting stuff but generally we weren't in the buildings that much and primarily we were just out uh, in the forest region Mm -hmm. um, dealing with uh, the stuff out there but uh, relatively speaking there wasn't too much just I think a few things here and there but like I said Mm -hmm. that's my first time being there. And obviously, as we know, uh, things can be different per experience, uh, per time you go there.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I definitely want to go out there again, especially take my team out there and do some more investigating out there. Because I think it's a really good location uh, for evidence-wise. I mean, every time I've been out there, we've caught evidence. We've experienced things. We've seen things. Uh, Equipment has gone off, particularly in uh, in the house the last time i was out there equipment was going off in there um the equipment has gone off in the other part and the other houses as well i think there's a bunkhouse and then there's an old uh, food storage area as well plus the barn and and everything like that but it's a uh, awesome location i definitely recommend paying the was it five or eight dollars to get onto the island and go check it out during the day it's it kind of it, it's a blast from the past you you get to see some of the things that they used to use back in the day how things used to work you know and and then you get to see like where if you go out to like the pasture and stuff like that you get to see from Brigham City all the way down to Salt Lake City that whole entire mountain range you could see every single town so it's pretty cool and then if you go to the southern tip you can see the great salt there and And all that good jazz and then the salt flats after that so it's an awesome location i definitely recommend you checking out now uh final thoughts david
1: um no i i I mean it would be nice to to go back there for sure to see what's different what's changed and and whatnot Mm -hmm. um so yeah I, i i'd look forward to that for sure
0: okay and i know alex you want to go out there so we'll try to arrange something to so that way you could have some experiences out there all right
2: yeah, no, like I said, I, I really want to go out there. I think it'd be cool to go out there for just a f- even a few hours or even an overnight thing and see, mm-hmm. like, from dusk till dawn of just the energy difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We definitely need to get that one scheduled again for a group event, and then we'll we'll go from there. So, David... The Flux and Flux 2. We call them pyramids, but the technical yeah. terms are Flux and Flux 2. Now, yeah, you have just, both just of them. how they
1: sell them, but it's easier to say pyramid, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Because they look like pyramids.
0: Yeah. And what's your thoughts on, like, kind of give us some background on the pyramids, David, since you're the one that, that purchased them and we've used them a lot. Well, what's the technical specifications on them?
1: So I like the first one well that it came out because it was a uh, is motion activated you know it had the two sensors on the side that were like big bubbles um, it, it's pretty it's pretty simple you just you once it breaks the motion sensor on either side uh, it'll light up uh, red on one side green on the other side and basically that that was it for that and but I mean it was simple but it worked because it could be used just like any other normal motion but it added uh, an interesting flare instead of just a singular motion that it just lit up, you had a more directional mm-hmm. side. So based where you put the pyramid, the right mm-hmm. or left side, whichever way that was facing, you knew that side was triggered. So if you have no one in the area in which that side is on and you just hear it cause it makes an audible noise too, uh, not also with lighting up. Uh, so once you hear that and you look down there and you'll see that, uh, a red sides flashing that's been triggered and no one is in that area. It's really nice to visually see. It's good for camera uh, visualization as well. Um, but uh, specifications on it, it it's just that, it's that simple. Now with the second one, uh, they definitely added more to it. So mm-hmm. the difference between the first and the second one, the first one, you press the button, it took its minute thing. So it like flashed for like, I think a minute. And then once it went to a, a solid blue light, that's what it was on its standby mode, and then once it engaged, then it lit up. Now with the second one, it's more of a turn style. So you turn it on, it clicks, and you have uh, different modes. Now really what the modes do, um, it has a green, yellow, red, and uh, purple or violet mode. And basically all that does is uh, in the zones, it increases its range. So zone one is a foot, zone two is two feet, zone three is four, in zone four is seven feet so you adjust the footage on how much because that's actually really handy when you're in a really tight room and you turn it on and it's hitting a wall so it'll automatically trigger um but if you do it to like a foot you really have to go up to it and the difference with the second one as well um not only is it like a uh, motion wise but the closer you get to the sensor it'll it's beep and light intensity will increase so if you're far mm-hmm. away it'll be a light beep, and as you get closer to it, it'll beep with more higher intensity. Uh, so it's definitely increased its thing where it's not just motion. It did other various things. I think it also does a temperature uh, reading as well that it will uh, beep based on the temperature.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's so. a different tone too. So yes. the, Especially for the first version, there was two different tones. There was the doo-doo-doo, doo-doo-doo. That was the sensor uh, for motion, and then the beep was for the temperature. Now, uh, remind me, David, on the Flux 2, because they also added in the zones as well. Do you remember if it's still the do-do-do-do-do-do for the the motion, and then the solid beep for the temperature as well? I can't remember for the Flux 2.
1: Yeah, so like the sound, it, it is roughly the same. And then, like I said, they added that if you get closer to it, its beeps will be more intense if it's still constantly there. And then the temperature, it's just uh, it's just a a constant beep that you will hear mm-hmm. to let you know that uh, it's changing. And it'll be a constant beep. And like if the red side's just a constant beep it'll tell you that the temperature's increasing and if the green side is just a constant beep and the light flashing and it's a constant beep, it's telling you that the temperature's decreasing.
0: Okay. Now, I know we've used both uh, pieces of equipment. In fact, you bought the first one shortly after it came out and the second one you bought it shortly after it came out as well. We've used both. Uh, on different investigations. Now, we primarily use them for uh, trigger objects and for visual purposes for investigating, so we can show the client, you know, if they have paranormal activity. We've recently started using the pyramid for uh, questions and answers, which essentially that's what it's made for, essentially, you know, air quotations. But there's a lot of different uses that you can use for these two pieces of equipment. For the questions and answers, it works uh, we've had one investigation where it didn't really work and then we had another investigation where we did get some responses on it and that was the Montpelier one that we did get responses on it yeah. am I correct David?
1: yeah um, with everything what I like too, even especially with the second one there's lots of different options that you can use it for so it's like it's not just one tool you can use it for different things and that's what I think what I like about it uh, the most but really, anyone that I've seen reviews on people who have used it, there really isn't a person who has used it and said they don't like it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best uh, part about it. Um, it just, yeah, every everything that uh, I, I've seen on it, no one has really said it doesn't work or it's not good. Like so, specs wise, it works how it's supposed to, and people seem to be enjoying. Uh, the type of evidence we're getting from it. And yeah. I, I would agree. I think I've, it's one of my top five that I use on every investigation.
0: Mm-hmm. And I know we used it on the Idaho Falls investigation that Alex uh, was with us on. Now, Alex, what are your thoughts on this piece of equipment?
2: So, honestly, while well, you guys have been sitting here just kind of talking about it, I've looked at it on Go and I've just kind of been reading it. So, I in Idaho Falls, I wish we would have seen a little bit more with it. Um, I've never personally seen it in person or like interacted with one much in person. Uh, one YouTuber that I watch, they're Mind TV. I don't know your guys' thoughts on them.
0: Yeah, I watch them.
2: Yeah, they use it a lot, and I've always just known it as the yes/no prism type deal. And just kind of looking at this, like it's really cool. I I'd like to be able to use it a lot more. It. To me, it seems like an electronic, easier version of dowsing rods.
0: Yeah, I can see that. Just because
2: it says so, example questions and responses, like "Is anyone here with us?" blah 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 blah. Says, "Are you male or female?" Red for male, green for female. Like in a, in a way, you could use that just like the dowsing rods. Like if you're male, please like cross. If you're female, open. Mm-hmm. Like, and so I think it's I think it's a really nice piece of equipment, especially with that motion detection. The temperature change because I think that's what happened in Idaho Falls was the temperature change and that's what was going off because I asked David what was going on
0: hmm
1: well it was hard too with that location because we were in a very small environment and yeah. we were using version one so it was just mm-hmm. going off if there was uh, movement and so we were in a very tight um, uh, area mm-hmm. and it was really cold and plus a lot of bodies in the heat so it was very hard for that piece of equipment to work uh, the best
0: mm-hmm.
1: but I think we did get some things out of it
0: yeah because I suggested doing a, a Q&A session with it and even David said it was too small of a space for it to be even accurate and so we left it at that we just used it more for visual purposes in which it did go off multiple times which some of them could be explained by the client but most of the time it was going off um, on its own just like the music box was, music box was going off on its own the uh rem pod next to the mirror was going off on its own too that one time it did go off while alex was standing right there
2: that was a trip (laughs) yeah
0: it was (laughs) so i mean for how small it was we did get a lot of evidence from that location and some of the stuff that we were dealing with outside you know that was that was fun to deal with but uh we plan on using the pyramid more so in the future for other investigations as well. And, and I think, didn't we use both of them a time or two at different locations, David, at the same time?
1: Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a time where we have used both at the exact same time. I think one was like an upstairs, one was a downstairs thing. Mm-hmm. I can't remember specifically which one that was, but... I'm sure we have used them both, but if anything, if we're going to use one, we're more specific about it. Like if we just want to use something that's specifically motion, we'll Mm -hmm. use the first one. Mm -hmm. And then if we want to be more involved with it, we'll use the second one.
0: Yeah. Well, we definitely recommend that you check out this piece of equipment we've uh referenced this equipment in the past particularly when they come out with their limited edition colors so i do remember this one particularly around christmas they came out with the blizzard white and then for valentine's they came out with the pink matte paste practically they, bubble gum flavor
2: they still have that on their website right now too
0: mm-hmm they do but we definitely recommend checking it out. It's a good piece of equipment. It is a it is a tad spendy. At least for the Flux 2, it's $199.95 and that's according to Ghostop's website. So, $200. Um, let's see. Is there It's the same price for the pink one as well, the bubblegum flavored. Right. So, yeah. But the so, the thing I mean,
1: is I don't know where else that is sold. I'm pretty sure that's like one of the only places that sell it. I don't know it, if anyone makes like a knockoff version of it, but
0: yeah, I don't know if anybody actually makes a knockoff version, and I have noticed Go Stop does sell some of their equipment on Amazon as well. I've seen some of their equipment on there, and it, underneath it it says Ghostop um, as the seller. So I
1: think they do that with like K2s and stuff like that, something yeah. simple, just for yeah. a different platform.
0: Yeah, but Go Stop is the only one that actually sells this one. And like the last episode where we talked about another piece of equipment, and it looks like it was the Crosshair Thermal IR Detector, you can only buy that off of uh, GhostHuntersEquipment.com or GhostHuntersStore.com or something like that. They're the only ones that that produce that piece of equipment. So we just want to make sure, you know, we'll post up a link for this particular piece of equipment, but there are certain websites that only produce certain equipment. So we just want to make sure we get that out there. Uh, Alex, the final thoughts on the equipment?
2: I mean it's something that I, I've seen a lot of like I said with Mindseed TV. Uh, I I definitely want to be able to who, see in a better situation like how David was saying for Idaho Falls, we were just in we were all in just a tiny little room, so it wouldn't really work. I kinda wanna see how that would do, especially over at like Antelope Island for an example. Not even necessarily just for the temperature, but for like mm-hmm. the motion or the responses.
0: Mm-hmm okay which i think that this would actually work on antelope island because the music boxes actually did go off there numerous times and those also sense motion so this would definitely do good at antelope island
1: yes i'm not sure how bugs affect it that is something to to also think about when we're using it Mm -hmm. i know antelope island is a freaking bug paradise yes because um, most of the time we use it, we're in a house that's controlled. There's not many insects uh, there. But like outside-wise, it's definitely more up in the air if we use it uh, for outside purposes. Because mm-hmm. there's more things that can interfere. Because who knows if uh, if there's a big gust of wind, if it would affect it as well
0: yeah because we are dealing with houses that were built in the 1800s so i mean insulation is going to be a problem wind noise is also going to be a problem so we will kick up dust and everything and the bugs the bugs are god-awful out there so antelope island sits it's t- technically speaking antelope island is in the middle not in the middle but it's on the outskirts of the Great Salt Lake at one point in time salty water used to surround the whole entire island and the hence why they built a road to go out to the island that's above the water level and everything um, now the Great Salt Lake is a very very salty salty lake so the only thing that grows out there is brine shrimp literally and it smells horrible out there I mean it smells god-awful once you get to the entrance of Antelope Island I mean that is the like the worst smell oh, I mean it's, I've, horrid. it's bad Um, But once you get past that and you get onto the island and everything, it's not bad. But there are a plethora of bugs, particularly mosquitoes, flies, stuff like that. Because you are dealing with livestock out there. Um, And then mosquitoes, that's mosquito heaven out there. Plus other bugs too, dragonflies, moths, everything in between. So I'm kind of curious which bugs would actually set it off. I, I would safely assume probably the bigger bugs, like a bigger fly or... Or anything like that would probably set it off but the houses that the house itself was built in the 1800s so if we go out there in the middle of the summer it's going to be sweltering in the house so if you try to close the door you're basically turning it into your own personal sauna so it's kind of hard not to have the doors open when you do an investigation at that particular house, but we can definitely give it a try and see what it does. I'm just like what David said. I think bugs are going to be the huge factor in all of this.
2: And I, I there's and I agree with that. That's why I said not necessarily for the motion, but maybe for the temperature, because there's only one way to find out like how badly it's going to affect everything.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Plus, it will all depend on how uh, humid it out, it is out there too. Because I mean, even though technically we are in a high desert, we still get humidity out here. We actually have more humidity here than Vegas does, surprisingly.
2: Well, especially being on the island too, with being surrounded by the water. I mean, granted, it mm-hmm. is massively salted, mm-hmm.
0: but yeah. But your final thoughts on the bo- on the on the uh, pyramids, David's. Jesus, I can't even English today. What are your final... Th- oh,
1: Here, I got Jesus. you, Shane. What's
2: what's your final thoughts on the pyramids, David?
0: Yes, what she said.
1: I mean, I'd buy them again if I didn't have them, for sure, knowing mm-hmm. what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely recommend it. Like I said, it's in my top five, I think. So it's definitely uh, a useful tool that I think uh, a lot of people would uh, like to use.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I, I do wish, like I said, the prices could be a little bit lower, but like I said, if they're the only people that make it, obviously they can set the price to what they want. Um, do you
0: remember how much you paid for the version one, David?
1: Probably like a little, little over half of what this version two is going for.
0: Okay. That's what probably I thought. Probably
1: like 140
0: 130
2: Yeah. So like so the same price of a SB 11 spare box.
1: Yep. And... Yeah, if I had to choose between the two, I'd honestly choose the the pyramid over the the SB7. Yeah,
0: in which I definitely agree with you. It's it's another piece of equipment that we at the BRP podcast definitely endorse and recommend. And if I remember hearing correctly, I think Alex agrees as well. Yes. Okay, so we definitely recommend you getting it. We'll post up a link in the description of this podcast and in the uh, group page as well on this particular piece of equipment. But that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank Alex for coming out here and being a guest on our podcast today. We definitely appreciate you uh, taking time out of your busy schedule to to do this episode.
2: Yeah, and I, I mean, I definitely appreciate the offer. And the only other thing that I really have to add is... You guys were talking about the merch earlier. Um, As Shane saw, obviously I'm repping the Bear River Paranormal established 2013 hoodie today. Mm -hmm, Um, Definitely. 100% recommend getting it because I I haven't gotten any of the shirts, but the hoodie is a solid quality. It's really nice, especially with it still kind of being chilly. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like I need to have a vest on like my Carhartt. I, I feel like it does really good. I like the quality. It's soft. It's not super thick. Mm-hmm. But it's also a hoodie that you could wear in the summer on like a chilly summer night. So I, I 100% recommend it.
0: Thank you. And I know, David, you thoroughly enjoy the shirts.
1: Shirts, uh, the hoodie. Yeah, I like it all. I just, like I said, my biggest thing is I wish the design is on the front. Mm-hmm. Because if I wear the shirt and then I put a jacket on, but it's an open jacket. Mm-hmm. It just looks like I'm wearing a normal shirt. No one will ever see the design when I have like an open jacket on. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I, I still love the design and the shirt's really soft. The hoodie's really soft. Everything about them is, is really nice.
0: Yeah. The one thing that I just wish that that website does, which we use Public for our merch. I wish they had the capabilities of of allowing you to put a design on the front and a design on the back that are different designs. Now, they're going through a beta program right now where they're allowing you to put a design on the front and on the back on their just their run of the mill traditional t shirts. But it's the same logo though, so you can't switch it up or anything like that. So I thought. You know, if we can do the back on the one, and then the rest of the shirts, because there are different style shirts that are offered on that website too, those print on the front. It's just the the traditional t-shirts are printed on the back. But I'm waiting for them to implement the different designs, because I would really like to get put a design on the front and on the back of the shirts that are two different designs. I think that would be a great uh, feature of those shirts just got to wait for them to do that but their quality is good um our friends over at the supernatural hour also uses the same uh platform for their merch and i've actually bought some of their shirts i bought a tank top and a shirt from them and the quality is just top notch they're super soft it's one of the softest shirts um that i've ever felt and i've bought merch from not just paranormal wise but like from youtubers from other uh paranormal groups uh from other brands that i support like in the automotive and stuff like that and their shirts are okay i mean like for example i'm wearing vice grip garages uh t-shirt um it's the if it works is it really that bad of an idea you know that's one of their designs it's kind of a heavier material shirt and it's black it wouldn't be something that I personally would wear during the summer. I would only wear it during the winter because it's a heavier material. So I like the fact that the material that they have for t-shirts and their tank tops at TeeSpring uh, or TeePublic is uh, kind of a lighter, softer material so you can definitely wear it during the summertime. So I thought it was a great option for our merch. Um now Alex, did you end up getting uh one of the group shirts? I did I send you that link. I haven't yet. Okay.
2: I, I haven't yet. But to add on to how you were saying that you would, you know, you really like the design, I would even compare, like, this shirt or this hoodie, like, the quality to even, like, Till Valhalla Project. Because I have a few of their, like, I have a suicide awareness, a mental awareness shirt, mm-hmm. and um, Grunt style. I even have one of their shirts. Yeah. And I, I would compare T Public's quality on this hoodie. To Till Valhalla and Grunt style even. Like, mm. it's a really solid quality. I really enjoy it. I wear it almost everywhere just because it's so comfy.
0: Yeah. In fact, I have a... There's uh, another brand that I bought. It's uh, Rack Addicts. One of their shirts is super soft and super light, and I absolutely love it. But that's the only other shirt that I bought that was super soft and, and that I would honestly wear it every day if I could get away with it. But, um, but that's just my preference. I, I like... You know i want the brand to get out there but i also want people to be comfortable as well so i would hate to sell you guys a product that i personally couldn't endorse and i definitely endorse our our supplier for our merch stuff so we definitely recommend you check out our merch store the link of that merch store is in the description of this podcast and every podcast that we release you can also find it on our uh facebook page as well at the brp podcast and bear river paranormal um i realized the other day i didn't add it to the website Mm -hmm. so i will get that added to the website so i can point you guys to to there as well but we also have a couple links like all my links are uh, and all those um that you can Mm -hmm. click on and it will display all of our links where we where you can find us but again thank you so much uh, alex for coming on this episode of the brp podcast
2: i appreciate it it was an honor
0: Yeah, we can't wait to have you on again because you're definitely, uh, your two cents always matters. Everybody's two cents always matters. And so we thank you so much for uh, tuning into us. Now for our next episode that we're going to be coming out with, we are going to be talking about public tours. We have a story, a paranormal story that we want to talk about as well. We're going to be talking about our Eureka, Nevada trip. And David actually has a 360 camera and the lights associated with it that we are going to talk on the next episode. So we thank you for tuning in to us and you guys have a great rest of your day.
2: Bye-bye. See you guys.
0: You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.BearRiverParanormal.com We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRPPodcast. If you are interested in sponsoring us, Or if you like your products featured on the show, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful rest of your day.